the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. And as we head into our third hour, it is a privilege and honor to bring to you a man who's been heralded as being responsible in large part for so many of the successes we saw on Tuesday, particularly in Virginia, someone whose work I have admired. You know him as the persistence, Mr. Scott Pressler, my man. How are you, Scott? Life is excellent. How are you? I'm doing great, and it's nice to be in touch again. First of all, great work um, in Virginia particularly. i got to tell you, I've had a discussion on this show throughout the day with my listeners about what our mood should be, and you said it. You, You did it on November 3rd on Twitter. After winning across the country, I feel fulfilled. My body is exhausted, and it's time for me to take a break. (laughs) Working with you has been one of the greatest honors of my life. Kidding. Wait until you see what we've got for 2022 (laughs) game on. Scott, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. When you jump for joy, make sure no one's pulling the carpet from underneath your feet, huh? Oh, I am so fired up, and we are laser-focused, yes. This was a massive victory in the Commonwealth of Virginia, sweeping three statewide elections, the likes of which hasn't been seen since 2009, flipping the House of Delegates from blue to red. Not only is the Biden agenda dead in the water, but Democrats in the Commonwealth of Virginia will no longer be able to pass any legislation. And you know what I found out? I found out one thing about the American people. They don't like being called domestic terrorist Attorney General Merrick Garland. Nicely said, Scott. I want to ask you how you did it and what, what, what instruction we should take from your successes over in Virginia. But before I do, only because I I need to get this out before time runs out, just in case it does. I was watching some of your Twitter feeds throughout the, the election, and you did something. I just want to hug you for doing it. You posed, you, you put up pictures of yourself with what might be called the non-sexy races, people doing the school board effort, people running for school boards across the Commonwealth of Virginia, the state of Virginia, people running for the offices that aren't making the headlines. I have a feeling part of it is part of the answer to how you did it is enwrapped in, in, in that point. But I just love that you were working those races, too. Tell us how you did it. Thank you. Well, this is a team effort. You know, I am not by any shred of the imagination going to take credit for this win. This was a team effort from the candidates who ran to Glenn Youngkin having a genius campaign to the voter registration, to the door knocking, to the strategic focus on House of Delegates seats so we can flip. But look, we have to, if we're going to be successful in the future, make voter registration one of the important pieces of winning elections. We have to add, not subtract, to the electorate. The voter registration is number one. And number two is having a concise, succinct message. For example, 
our message to the Republican Party of the future is medical freedom versus democratic medical tyranny. The Republican Party is about liberty, freedom, and choice, whereas Democrats are about coercion, mandates, and force. We Republicans want to give people the decision that they can choose how to dictate how to run their lives. And number two, parental choice and education. Terry McAuliffe, the Democratic candidate himself, said parents should not have a voice in education. And that's why it was so genius of Glenn Youngkin to come out in support of parents. This is the first time in history that Republicans can own the issue of education. And we can also own the issue of women empowerment. You see, the Democratic Party, they want to erase women. They want to erase motherhood. They want to erase gender. And this is our historic opportunity for Republicans to say, no, we are going to protect women's sports. We are going to protect motherhood, womanhood. And last, we got to put in the work. I hate to say it, but Republicans haven't always gone into the gay community, Hispanic community, black community, veteran community. All we have to do is show up, look a voter in the eye, earn their trust, and we need to tell them exactly what we're going to do if they choose to elect us into office. And then finally, when we win those offices, do something about it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. I want, I want to, I want to get your take on this, Scott Pressler. Uh, you said the Democrats operate by, I think I got it right, coercion, mandate, and choice. Let me add lies. Sure. Let me add lies because I would love your response to almost every network and almost every editorial about the Virginia election being one that was won on the backs of dog whistles and white supremacy. I would love your reaction to that. Yeah, white supremacy just elected the first ever black female veteran lieutenant governor. No, that wasn't the Democratic Party. The party of black faith, the uh, Governor Northam, who in his yearbook had a KKK hood and a picture of black faith in his yearbook. No, Republicans elected a attorney general who's of Cuban descent. That was the Republican Party that had inclusiveness, that doesn't care about color or creed. But we elected uh, the most inclusive Republican ticket that the Commonwealth of Virginia has ever seen. That is baloney. And furthermore, you know, for the Democrats to always cry about race and to say black lives matter. Well, you know what? In America, we have 3.6 million black children living in poverty, 4 million Hispanic children living in poverty, and 4.2 million white children living in poverty. And the Democratic Party, they want to give $450,000 checks per illegal immigrant. No, Republicans, I want to make this clear. We are about America first and putting every black, white, and brown American citizen first. And that is the difference between the Democratic and Republican Party. And quite frankly, you want to talk white supremacy? Let's talk about Planned Parenthood. That is the definition of white supremacy. Margaret Sanger said that people of color were weeds. That is the Democratic Party. And I want to make that very clear on this program here tonight. Scott Pressler, The Persistence. Thank you. Follow him on uh, on Twitter, at Scott Pressler. There's one S in Pressler. Two T's in Scott, but one S in Pressler. At Scott Pressler, also known as The Persistence. Scott, um, the 
the, the some of these lies, I guess the Democrats think that if they repeat them often enough, one of two things will happen. They'll they'll take on a settled wisdom or kind of what you said earlier, it will put fear in Republicans to try and show up in these communities we typically haven't shown up in because those communities have been taught to be afraid of us and vice versa, I should say. But that having been said, that having been said, one of them right now is based on this CRT critical race theory thing. There's about three lies we're told about the parents out of Loudoun and everywhere else. About three different lies. It starts with it doesn't exist. Critical race theory doesn't exist. You were close to these people. You saw what was going on in these school board meetings. Tell people what the truth is. It absolutely exists in our school system. I used to work in the school system. I don't know if people know that. I worked for Alexandria City Public Schools. Yep, right. And I've seen the inside. I've seen how critical race theory was even applied to the hiring of which teachers were selected for our school system. So that is complete baloney. But it comes down to more than that. The issue isn't even so much critical race theory. It's that the government, the school board, the Democrats, they don't want parental empowerment. They don't want parents to be involved. They don't want parents to know what's happening in our classrooms, which is why I am a firm believer in cameras in classrooms. And I think that this is something that we need to push as Republicans at the legislative level across the country, that we need to empower parents and have transparency and accountability by having cameras in classrooms so that at any time during the day, a parent would be able to log in and be able to either view or listen to the instruction that is happening in our classrooms and what their children are being taught. Boy, I'll tell you, it would solve about 80 percent of the national disciplinary problems in our classrooms uh, just to begin with. (laughs) Never mind empowering parents with more information. Uh, There's a lot to recommend that point, Scott, an awful lot. I um I, I listen I I I knew um Tuesday night that the person I wanted to speak to most and I wasn't going to bother you on Wednesday cuz I knew how long of a night you had Tuesday the one I wanted to speak to most was you. I know you're very you're 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 very kind and and yes team effort and all that but there are a few people without whom this couldn't have happened and you're one of them Scott Pressler and I just want to say thank you and come back often. Thank you and if I may end with this I want to end with what the Republican Party stands for, because I think that the parties are changing right now. At the foundation of the Republican Party is the Constitution of the United States of America. And if you're listening to this and you're on the fence and you're an independent voter, here's what the modern day Republican Party stands for. No vaccine passports, no mask mandates, open our schools, open our businesses, fund the police and defund the federal government close that gosh darn border veterans before illegals energy independence school choice no critical race theory in our schools or places of business to end endless wars and stop giving money to countries that hate us 
that is the Republican Party platform, and that is the winning ticket going into the 2022 all-important midterm elections. Scott, I'm going to go back uh, after this is over and write those down because I'm going to start promoting it as the 2022 as well as the 2024 platform. You wrote it, brother. You got it. Thank you. Bless hey, you, you, sir. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. We'll be in touch again soon, I hope. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Uh, there is another interesting arc here that it's important we point these things out, I believe. When Scott Pressler was talking about um, uh, when, when, when he was talking about Terry McAuliffe saying parents should not have a say in the education of their children. Uh, the problem the problem that we're going to have going forward is that Democrats are going to be instructed not to say that anymore. What we have to show, as I was saying with Doug, or was it Yair? It might have been Yair. That, yeah, it was. What I was saying is that we cannot be dissuaded by the tips of the iceberg. We cannot be dissuaded. We were right when we went below sea level with Joe Biden and the progressive movement that was supporting his candidacy. And we're right today, even when they don't tell you, even when they come telling you we're calm moderates. You look at the Biden agenda and you tell me how it would be different if Bernie Sanders were president. It might be more lively. It might be more sprightly. It might be more Q&A with the press. It might be less fake backdrops for press conferences and photo ops. But ideologically and policy wise I can't imagine how it could be any different. Let me let me let me show let me reveal another arc that Scott was talking about in pointing that comment out by Terry McAuliffe. One might say he said the quiet part out loud, except that they really believe it and they may not think it's the quiet part. Because they didn't correct it. They doubled down on it. They doubled down on it. It is connected inextricably to the same notion we heard all last year from BLM Curricula, whose point was to disrupt the traditional family structure. Think about that. Think about that. You disrupt the traditional or nuclear family structure? Of course. Why would then... If that's not important, parents be important at all. Look at the experience of communes. Look at the experience of communes. Look at the experience of cults. Do they allow parents to hang with the kids? Or do they say, no, we'll, we'll take care of the kids. You have no say-so here. Your job is done. The state will do it. The cult will do it. The commune will do it. The collective will take care of it. Parents are only ever in the way in these totalitarian movements, and they're all totalitarian movements. The other interesting thing about this, taking it way back to the first hour, something Barry Goldwater points out in his conscience 
of a conservative. Whenever you hear spokesmen from the liberals, the liberal side or the left, whenever you hear them talking about that which they want the state to take on, the new requirements of the state, the job of the state, especially when the state or the left thinks that individuals aren't doing a very good job of it, whenever you hear them talk about things the state should do, heck, it would apply to the U.S. Department of Education too, wouldn't it? Note that they never mention the Constitution. They never mention the Constitution. Joe Biden certainly didn't mention the Constitution when he unveiled in September the notion of this vaccine mandate and private employment and, and private employment. They never mention it. What they sometimes will talk about are traditions. They will talk about traditions, American traditions. Well, traditions can be good or bad. Constitutional provisions, quite frankly, can be good or bad, which is why the founders gave us, in their enlightened belief, the opportunity and the ability and the structure and the mechanism with which to alter it and change it, and not by simple majoritarian vote because they knew well there could be a tyranny of the majority. They knew well minority rights needed to be protected. But note when they talk about these things and they don't mention the Constitution, there's a reason for it. There's a reason for it, and it's twofold. It's usually because what they're proposing is in direct conflict with the Constitution. And secondarily, they think the Constitution is in their way anyhow. They think it's in their way anyhow. Woodrow Wilson and the progressive movement but particularly Wilson as the leader of it, for so long gave speech after speech about how the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution was only applicable to the people at that time and that it was left up to every generation to reform and reformulate the precepts in the Constitution. We thought it was there for all time. As Abraham Lincoln said, all praise to Jefferson who wrote these words for all men at all time that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator. Now you get a new arc of understanding as to why they want to go after Thomas Jefferson or why they think original intent is a dog whistle for racism. That's a part of the struggle. That's a part of the struggle. But the other part of the struggle is to understand that without a constitution— or by just ignoring the provisions of the Constitution and treating it, you know, as, oh, let's just say the kind of thing taught in law schools. The problem with that is that you now no longer have an enabling document that we are morally and legally obliged to comply with. On the rare occasions where people talk about our traditions that are in compliance with the Constitution, it's important to remind, as Barry Goldwater did in The Conscience of a Conservative, the Constitution is more than an enabling document. 
it's more than just something we're morally obliged to comply with. It's actually the law. Don't forget that. It's actually the law. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. There's this tendency, there's this tendency we have, particularly Republicans, and now, now in some respects, now that they've passed on or have slipped the surly bonds of earth, the rest of the culture, to kind of view some of our modern leaders as these nice, cheerful, soft-speaking, avuncular, grant, avuncular types. You know, your William Buckley's and your Barry Goldwater's and your Ronald Reagan's, none of which was said about them, of course, when they were alive and at the prime of building their reputations and thus gaining the reputation of a respected leader in the movement. And so having revised the biographies of these great leaders, these great thinkers, these great activists, your Buckley's, your Goldwater's, your Reagan's, having revised the history of what they stood for and what they were all about, and having turned them into things they wouldn't themselves recognize. <clears throat> it's easy to claim that those of us who follow in their footsteps or try to are not of them, that we're far more radical or far more reactionary or far more embittered than they ever were, which is why I do have to say a good word for YouTube here and there. You can actually get their audio. The memory hole hasn't sunk all of it yet. This is what made Reagan Reagan. Give, give me Ronald Reagan, 1966, will you, Bill? When I first suggested the danger of government control inherent in so many federal handouts... There were people who denied vehemently that every, any such thing could ever take place. And yet, before too long, the same people were saying, what's wrong with government control? And in the recent days, we've heard representatives in the higher echelons of government ask us, well, are you afraid of your own government? Well, to tell you the truth, I am. And all of us should be. And I speak not in a partisan sense of an administration or individuals. I'm talking of the institution of government. Wasn't this the admonition of the founding fathers that government tends to grow, to take on power, until freedom eventually is lost? The fact is, and we can't escape it, only government is capable of tyranny. Yeah, there's your soft-spoken avuncular, not roiling the waters, genteel, grandfatherly Ronald Reagan. Of course, people age, and their tone and timber changes. 
But let's not forget what made them them. Let's not forget why people attached their cart to those stars. The framers of the Constitution had learned the lesson. They were not only students of history but victims of it. They knew from vivid personal experience that freedom depends on effective restraints against the accumulation of power in a single authority. And that is what the Constitution is, a system of restraints against the natural tendency of government to expand in the direction of absolutism. We all know the main components of the system. The first is the limitation of the federal government's authority to specific delegated powers. The second, a corollary of the first, is the reservation to the states and people of all power not delegated to the federal government. The third is a careful division of the federal government's power among three separate branches. The fourth is a prohibition against impetuous alteration of the system, namely Article 5's tortuous but wise amendment procedures. That's not Liebson. That's not Reagan. That's not Prager. That's not Elder. That's not Trump. That's Barry Goldwater. We'll be right back. You know, there's, there's an old saying of Gandhi's, and, and, and I hope Republicans take note of this point. Whatever you do may seem insignificant at any given moment, but it's important that you do it if you're rightly directed. That, that intro song, that guy who did it was given a recording contract because he was playing in a small bar one night off the coast of Spain in a place very few people go except in one night walked Jimmy Buffett in the audience to hear him and say, man, that guy's good. Got him a recording contract. You never know. You just never know. Rick is in Phoenix. Hello, Rick. Hey, Seth. Good uh, to talk to you. How are friend. you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you. I'm doing well. You bet. And I know you're doing great because I've been listening to you. It's been a terrific show. Thank you, sir. And I love the little tidbits that you throw in here and there about uh, the guy, you know, meeting Jimmy Buffett in Spain and getting a recording contract. Tidbits. <laughs> That's it's pretty tidbits. amazing. It's the essence of the show. Yes, yes, yes. Education, my friend. Education. <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyone, anyone can quote, you know, something else, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. Hey, you know. I, I uh, um, well, we could go on and on about that stuff. But what I'm calling about, Seth, is um, listening to Doug, uh, who called earlier, um, reminded me of something I've been thinking about for a while. And uh, this is a project that I would like to su suggest for you or perhaps someone you know that would uh, be better at it. Uh, I also heard, have heard a commercial on uh, your show uh, several times in which uh, Dr. Fauci is saying, well, an attack on me is an attack on science. That's right. Okay, so here's the project that I want to suggest, and in keeping, again, with what Doug was having to say, as a reminder of who it is that we're fighting, I would like to suggest that you or, or whoever begin compiling a list 
of the 100 most outrageous statements that those on the left have made in the last 10 or 20 years. That's fabulous. Oh, that would be easily uh, done oh, yeah. and, and fun. There's a wealth be. of material to pick. Oh, off right. the top of your, I love it. Off, a hundred. off yes. the top, yeah, I don't know that we could keep it to 100. Yeah. But, Rick, off the top of your head, what's what kind of quote stands out in your mind as one of okay, the worst? Okay, well, that, that one by Fauci and then by Biden. Okay. If you don't vote for me, you ain't black. Yeah. yeah. You know, and then, the, uh, and then the quote from Obama, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Yeah. And uh, the, who's the, the in the House of Representatives? Nancy. The, the woman? Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi. We got to pass the bill to see what it says yep. in it. Yep. Yep. And then, of course, at the maybe the very top or the very bottom is, I did not have sex with that woman. You know, I will tell you, I'm assuming most of that was off the top of your head. You could see it how was. easy this job would be, if not all of it off the top of your head. And I'll tell you, I was just sitting here thinking what the two stand out in my mind the most. And you're right. There's, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches to pick from. It should be an embarrassment to them. They, they have no yeah. shame. They yeah. don't blush. But I, will, um, I would say, you know, the two that stand out in my head – because they've been more than true for the moment they were said. Uh-huh. Now that the more I think about it, is Bernie Sanders breadlines are a good thing? Oh yes, yes. I, I give you the world of America uh-huh. right now. I give you the grocery stores. I give you the gas lines. I give you a lot of lines. But the other one is Michelle Obama's in um, 2008 after John McCain uh, and. Um, and and he were going to clearly be the 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 antagonists after after Obama won the Wisconsin primary in 2008 when yeah. she said for the first time for the first time in my adult life Michelle Obama said I'm really proud of my country for the yeah. first time Now Seth doesn't that one break your heart It breaks my heart because it tells me this woman was poorly educated Yeah it taught and it taught me that she is taking that poor education and diffusing it as far and, and widely as possible. And what a way to go through life. But, but, I believe a truth was told there. Yeah. I believe yeah. a lid oh. was lifted, a hood yep. was opened. And I Absolutely. think, I, I think, I think it explains a certain part of the psyche on the left. Yes. The country is good when individuals who have the opportunity to succeed in it can tie their personal success to the country. has nothing to do with someone else, has nothing to do with the people that came before or went before or who come behind or may come behind. Uh-huh. It's, it's, it's a very, very serious tell. Yes. It's a very serious tell. And it also says something else about the leftist mind. Republicans until 2008 who said, yes, in this country, a black man could be elected president, were laughed out of their rooms, were told that it could never happen. Yeah. It was not we who believed it to be such a shock that a party could nominate a black man and elect and the country could elect him. It was mm-hmm. a shock to them. Yeah. It was a shock to them because yeah. – in their own perverted way, 
they think we are far more racist than we are as a country. Right. And they think the race problem, the race problem is on the right. It's on the left. It's on right. the left. Yes, it is. And my memory of that, Seth, and, you know, my memory could be wrong, but my memory of that occasion was that those of us on the right and conservatives, although I did not vote for Obama, I was glad that a black president had finally been elected. And many of my friends on the I, I on the understand right that sentiment totally. I get it. Yeah. I get it totally. Let me tell you, by the way, how the world works in which we operate, Rick. This is so fun. People say, well, PolitiFact says or Fact Check says you can't buy it. I was just looking up that quote to make sure I had it right. I did. And then the second entry is PolitiFact saying it is false when David Clark said Michelle Obama said she was never proud of her country till they elected her husband POTUS. They rate that false. You know why they rate it false? Because he was running for president. He wasn't president yet. Oh, but the quote is entirely false. That's the world we live in. Yeah, smart person added to that list. Uh, what difference does what difference does it make? You betcha, Hillary Clinton. Death of uh, death of Americans. What difference does it make? I'll end the show with the same text I uh, started it. The conscience of a conservative. This is how Barry Goldwater ended his book. The future, as I see it, will unfold along one of two paths. Either the communists will retain the offensive, will lay down one challenge after another, will invite us into local crisis after local crisis to choose between all-out war and limited retreat, and will force us ultimately to surrender or accept war under the most disadvantageous circumstances. Or we will summon the will and the means for taking the initiative and wage a war of attrition against them and hope thereby to bring about the internal disintegration of the communism. One course runs the risk of war and leads in any case to probable defeat. The other runs the risk of war and holds forth the promise of victory. For Americans who cherish their lives but their freedom more, the choice cannot be difficult. Notice, notice at the end here in his final words, he is not distinguishing between communism here and communism abroad. Indeed, when you read what he's writing about, how the communists will invite us into local crisis after local crisis, you think about the crisis industrial complex I keep talking about. You think about what it means to be continually distracted, to be continually forced into pandemonium when all we want is calm and settled. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Yeah, Barack Obama's wrong. It's not a fake culture war. There is a culture war. And no, we didn't start it. But God, please understand, let us know, let us resolve. We have now joined it. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. I'm Seth Liebson, and class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.